O death, where is now thy kingdom? O death, I will be thy death. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Forty days of pilgrimage. Forty days following Christ. Forty days trying to unite ourselves to our Redeemer. Sometimes with success. Sometimes dragging our feet, maybe. Sometimes not very faithfully. Sometimes losing track of where we were going. And yet, always persevering with patience and courage, maybe even more during this unprecedented time, this 2020 Lenten season. Why? What for? Because this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice therein. This is the day He has made. Everything has now been accomplished, and the promise has been fulfilled. On Friday and Saturday, our hearts and our souls were still surrounded with sadness, maybe discouragement, seeing the enormity of our sins, guilty of the death of our God and Savior. Darkness conquered the world. The power of evil seemed, seemed for a time to have been victorious. But no, today is the day which the Lord has made. It is truly meet and just, right and for our salvation, at all times to praise Thee, O Lord, but more gloriously, especially on this day, when Christ our past is sacrificed, says the preface of the octave. For He is the Lamb, who hath taken away the sins of the world, who by dying hath destroyed our death, and by rising again hath restored us to life. Don Guéranger, who wrote the liturgical year, which I encourage you to read often to help you meditate any time during the liturgical year, Don Guéranger said, O death, where is now thy kingdom? Sin had made us thy slaves, thy victory was complete, thou thyself art defeated. Jesus, whom thou didst exemplingly hold under the law, has set himself free. And we, after thou hast domineered over us for a time, we too shall be free from thy grasp. The tomb thou makest for us will become to us the source of a new life. For he that now conquers thee is the firstborn among the dead. And today is the past, the Passover, the deliverance for Jesus and for us, his brethren. He has led the way, we shall follow, and the day will come when thou, the enemy that destroys all things, shalt thyself be destroyed by immorality. Great hope for us sinners, the victory is on our side. He carried our sins, our weaknesses, our imperfections upon Himself. What greater sign of hope do we need? And I would like to focus on one particular person today, not on Mary Magdalene, whom we have enough details in the Gospel, not on Mary, the mother of James, not on the Apostle, not on the disciples of today's Gospel, not on the two angels either, but on his beloved mother once again. And the Holy Scriptures don't tell us, don't tell us anything 
of that precise moment of the resurrection. So let us place ourselves at our side today for a moment to try to penetrate our thoughts, our feelings, our sentiments. St. Ambrose was probably one of the first to write on this particular and exclusive encounter between our Lord, the risen Lord, and Our Lady on the day of His resurrection. She's our mother. She followed Him step by step on His way to the cross, uniting herself to Him so deeply that her own soul was pierced by the sword, as predicted by Simeon. Because of our Immaculate Conception, because of our Divine Motherhood, she participated, she cooperated to the Passion of our Lord, to His work of redemption in a way that no other creature will ever equal. Let's try to imagine this intimate and most beautiful encounter between Christ and Mary, beautiful and perfect union of their hearts, the human hearts of Jesus loving her with a divine love, and the human heart of Mary loving him with the most perfect human love. One particularity I want to point out regarding this divine encounter, the silence, the silence that surrounds this incredible moment. Holy silence. Gospels are completely silent about living that mystery to our own contemplation. A great lesson of prayer for all of us. God can only be found in the silence of our prayers, in the silence of our heart. The most glorious moment of his life happened in the silence of the Easter morning. If we want to find Christ in our lives, if we want to pay more attention to the many inspirations of the Holy Ghost, if we want to hear the answer to all our preoccupations, especially in these trying times today, only in the silence of the most intimate part of our soul can the answer be found. Silence of Bethlehem, silence of the Incarnation, silence of the Sepulchre, silence of the Resurrection. St. Teresa took the image of two pieces of wax melting together to show what our prayer should be, our soul melting with the Divine, becoming one and still distinct from God in silent union. Christ reveals himself. He reveals himself to us. He reveals the treasures of the Sacred Heart only in that deep silence. So try to place yourself in the little house in Jerusalem, looking at Mary during these holy days, and especially looking at Mary on that sacred night before the resurrection. She knew that the promise of Jesus would be one day accomplished. He would die and rise three days later. Destroy this temple, destroy this body, and in three days I will raise it up. But Mary still has before her eyes the image of the bloody body of her son. She still recalls the pains and sufferings of the passion. Her heart is still wounded because of the spiritual sword that pierced it. Try to figure out how deep was the prayer of Mary during this night, the longest night maybe for her, her waiting for the coming of her Divine Son. 
How perfect is then the analogy for our time today, when we seem, again I said it seemed, to have been, we seem to have been deprived of his presence, of maybe some of his sacraments. Remember what St. Augustine said, God is certainly more present to us than we are to him. Not a pessimistic silence, but a joyful and hopeful silence. God always speaks to men through silence. Shut down all other distractions then, when watching Mass, for instance. Close off these other tabs that are not necessary when watching the Mass or watching the office. Give your whole attention to Christ, who will speak to your heart. Avoid maybe commentaries that could be a source of distraction as well. When Christ seems to withdraw himself, his presence from us, maybe it is to be interpreted as an invitation to renew our faith, our faith and trust in him, if we have been abusing his divine presence in our lives in general, in our homes, in our neglected communions, in our visits to church, in our genuflections, in our confessions, in our daily prayers, abusing this presence in a way that is contrary to the proper attention and respect due to him. But what joy, what consolation now to see that everything has been perfectly fulfilled. What example is Mary giving us today of a deep faith, an unshakable hope, and a steadfast charity, and of course, a courageous perseverance. Let us then imitate the example of our dearest mother in this valley of tears. I found my sweetheart, I caught him, but not let him go, says the Song of Songs. O oh my Jesus, through your passion and death, you have carried our sin, incomprehensible act of love for us. Now, through your glorious resurrection, you have given us the meaning, the answer to that suffering. You had to show your power over death, so as to open for us the gates of heaven. Help us to realize that by imitating your example, we might one day be united with you for all eternity. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.